Good morning, church. I'm so glad to be back with you again today and to also talk another week about what a hot mess we can make of our life. Does anybody empathize with me on this? Can any of you recognize that sometimes we can make things uh, into a hot mess? I learned a long time ago how important it is to have a schedule that isn't a mess. Anybody else here uh, understand that concept? And believe me, I have made plenty of messes because... I had a hot mess of a schedule. Uh, in my first ministry, which is where Gary and, uh, Clark was from, and Jordan, that was his home church, the Geneva Park Church of Christ, and actually not just there, but several others, uh, I discovered that if I didn't plan everything, if I didn't get my schedule in order, I would get into trouble. I would be unprepared. So early on as a youth minister, I would plan out an entire year's plan. I mean, uh, I had to do, uh, my youth ministry was birth to college. <laughs> that's my youth ministry. It's changed a little over time, uh, and that's a good thing. But in uh, what we call junior church, uh, I had to teach, I had to lead the singing, I had to do all of these things. And I would plan out everything, and I would pick out songs and make sure I didn't sing the same song every other week and all that kind of stuff. Because if I didn't, I knew I would be scrambling and be unprepared. So I hated that feeling of not being ready. Anybody here ever hate that feeling? I'm not ready to get up there today. Uh, I, I hated that feeling of stress. So even now, I try to plan out my sermons and my series for an entire year so I am not scrambling the week uh, that I'm going to preach. Now, I know some guys who feel like, well, I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, so I'm just going to get up there on stage and just start talking. Uh, man, more, more power to them. I can't do it. I mean, I would... Uh, I'm bad enough at repeating myself over time. Uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit can be involved in the planet. See, that's my thing. Uh, so that means that every week I have to schedule my days. And every week, uh, if you ask our staff or our elders, they can tell you that I send all of them my schedule for the week. Um, because I know what my week needs to look like, and they need to know what my week is probably going to look like. Now, very often things will change. Like this week, um, I ended up having two memorial services for families who lost, lost loved ones. Now, that's not a normal thing. So on top of doing Wednesday night and getting ready for Sunday, I had to also get ready for two memorial services. Now, uh, in that light, I want you to be praying for uh, Chuck Hopkins and his family. Uh, his sister passed away, and the funeral is going to be today. So, Chuck, our prayers are with you, brother, and we love you. Um, but that is not a normal situation for me. But without a plan, I'm telling you, if, if I got hit with that and I didn't have a plan, I would be frantic. And uh, I think some of you can understand what I'm talking about. But even with a good and orderly schedule, I'm going to tell you this. If I don't include God in it, it's going to be a hot mess. And, I, and that's really what I want to talk with you about today. Even with all of the planning, all of the stuff, 
If God is not a part of it, if he's not a part of my daily routine, if he's not a part of my weekly time of worship, I am missing something in my life. Now for me, within my plan, I schedule a quiet time with God. Now, uh, maybe, maybe that's not how you do it. I mean, everybody's different. But my goal is that every day I want to have some time with God. And I need that, okay? And I feel like if I need it, you probably need it too. And the way I try to do it is I try to look at it as I got an appointment. Now, how many of you have ever had an appointment with somebody that's important? Anybody here ever had? All right. So when you have an appointment with an important person, are you going to just brush it off? You just going to say, oh, I, I, you know, something better came up. No. You're going to be at that appointment. You're going to be on time with that appointment. Um, now, I got an appointment every day with God. And I think if we look at this in that way, I got to have an appointment with God. And nobody is more important than God. Now, sometimes I get an emergency situation comes up, and that's something that we didn't plan for, and we might have to shift and be flexible. And I, I'm going to tell you, I'm much more flexible than I look. So, you know, I can, I can, I can have my time with God a little later than I normally do. But again, if I don't plan it probably isn't going to happen. I don't know if you're like that, but if I don't have it in my schedule, I'm not going to give God the time that I need to. And I don't do well flying by the seat of my pants. Um, when, when I do that, my schedule definitely becomes a hot mess. Now, last week, we defined a hot mess um, as something that's going on in our life where we feel totally out of control. I mean, everything is just going haywire and crazy. Chaos is often associated with the phrase hot mess. So in this series, we're talking about a, a part of our lives that fall into this category. Um, uh, last week, we spent some time talking about one of the most important parts and aspects of our lives, they can often get into a hot mess, and that was our families. Uh, any of y'all can uh, understand that, the idea that a family can sometimes be a hot mess? Um, and we, we seems like we read through the whole book of Genesis last week, and, and in a way we did was because we looked at the lives of the patriarchs and what was going on with their families. Jerry Springer had nothing on their family life, I'm telling you. So today, we're taking another step in this process of talking about our schedule, which really is an area in all of our lives that affects our family life. Have you discovered that too? If, my, if I don't have my schedule right, I can, I can leave God out, but sometimes I can leave family out. And I need to make sure that both of those priorities are there. The truth is, there is no fancy way to fix uh, or a quick fix to deal with a schedule that is just too full. So I've lived that life. Maybe some of you have been there where 
You don't feel like you can even breathe because there's so much stuff that's going on. Uh, and so, in, in fact, as we think about all that, that's when we feel like we're in a hot mess. And the reason we're talking about our schedules today is because uh, the results of a chaotic and full schedule are going to affect those who are closest to us. They are the ones most directly impacted by our schedule, by our time management, or our mismanagement. What if our discussion today and that of last Sunday were to go really hand in hand, talking about the hot mess of our family, but also the hot mess of our schedule? And I want to share with you just a few things that I believe the Bible says will help us to regain a manageable schedule rather than one that is chaotic and a hot mess. So the big idea today is this. Give, your, give God your schedule and allow Him to create a Sabbath rest out of your hot mess. Now think about that. You want to give God your schedule. And God can help create the rest, the Sabbath rest, that you need. And this is going to be what all of us as Christians need. There are many ways to think uh, or to make sure you stay up to date on your daily routine or schedule. However, no fancy technology can help with the schedule that is just too full. So sometimes we have to set some priorities. What's most important What's least important? And this week, we pull from the Bible some practical steps that can take our schedule from a hot mess into something that glorifies God. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, you know my schedule. You know every one of us. You know our schedules. You know the needs of our lives. So, Father, I ask you right now to help us manage all that is before us in a healthy way that honors you and reflects you to those who are around us. Help us to step out in faith and trust you for all of our life, uh, including the times of rest, including uh, our schedule. Sometimes we think that we have to have a busy schedule to be successful, but Father, that, that's when we're not trusting in you. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you have a Bible with you, you can open it up to Genesis 2. Um, again, last week, we sort of went through the whole book of Genesis, seemed like, but uh, we were looking at the patriarchal families. Today, I want us to sort of begin in the second chapter in the Bible because I believe it lays a groundwork for what we're going to be talking about today. What is the first step we can take towards reevaluating our schedule to make sure we are healthy, uh, especially spiritually and emotionally healthy? Well, quite simply, we need to find Sabbath rest. So that's the first thing. Find your Sabbath rest. What is a Sabbath rest? And I know there's a lot of discussion about this today, but as we go to Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. 
So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, if you are here for the first time today, uh, this idea of Sabbath may be a new term for you. But the idea is that God, again, the text says, created in the first six days the heavens and the earth. And then on the seventh day, the Bible says he rested from all the work he had been doing. Now, I don't know about you, but when you read that, you sort of think to yourself, now, does, does God need rest? <laughs> I mean, God is omnipotent. He is omniscient. I mean, uh, is God tired? Was he, was he exhausted at the end of those six days? Well, the, the truth is no. Uh, and it, when you go over to John chapter 5 and verse 17, uh, Jesus said, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. So in a way, that sounds like a contradiction. Well, was he working on the seventh day? But I think we need to understand the theological point that's being made. I don't know if you have ever heard the word biblical tension or not. But uh, sometimes when we read these passages, we can sort of think of them like, is that a contradiction? No, it's not a contradiction. But two verses like these are sort of in tension with each other. And when we look at them, we, we see that God is really not resting in Genesis 2 because he is tired of the work he had been doing. Instead, it seems that God was putting into motion a model that he wanted us to follow. He desired for us to become more and more like him every day. So the creator of the entire cosmos, the universe, showed us what it looks like to rest. Because, let's face it, there are some workaholics out there who believe that the only way to succeed is to work every moment of every day, even if it means, in a way, abandoning their family or abandoning God. And friends, that's no way to live. God showed us that if he can stop working, we can stop working too. But how many of you know that there's a difference between a rest and a Sabbath rest? This, is, this very well could be the make or break to our schedule of, for every day. Now, I'll tell you that even though I try to plan and schedule things, and I normally schedule a full day away from the church, Things happen. Uh, someone in the church needs immediate help. I'm not going to say, today's my Sabbath rest. I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> when, when that happens, I have to work around it. And obviously, this week has been pretty full, so I had to come in yesterday and get some things done. Normally, Saturday, again, is the day I, I try to find that time. But thankfully, our elders are also understanding and they give us a flexible schedule. For instance, 
Last weekend, we had a couple's night out. How many of y'all came to the couple's night out? Anybody here? Okay. We had a great turnout. Man, Denise did a great job with that, and Lance sort of helped her out, did whatever she told him to do. Um, and, uh, uh, but, but she really worked overtime last week trying to get all that together. And so what I did is I just, as, as sort of their, I don't look at myself as their boss, more as their supervisor in a way. But I just said, hey, listen, y'all take Monday off. It's been a big weekend, long weekend. Y'all take Monday off. And we'll have staff meeting on Tuesday. And the elders are flexible with us on that. So that's a good thing. Maybe you don't have that at work. And I get that. Everybody's not the same. But, um, you know, sometimes we just need to be a little flexible. Um, so in my experience, when we don't do that, people can get burned out and frazzled. If they're working 80 hours a week, every week, they can eventually get to a place where when they are working, they're not being very productive because they're so worn out. So when I start feeling frazzled or burned out or frustrated or just exhausted, I have to sit back and i got to think about why. Why, why is this taking place? Now, you know, if I go on a missions trip, I'm going to tell you, when I get back, I'm, I'm pretty wore out. Some of, some of you have been on some trips like that. That's not a bad thing, but you, we need to take a couple of days to get our minds back together. But what's going on in my life, and how can I manage it? How can I fix it? How can I allow God to help me with it? Do I need to take a day or two to get away? Uh, sometimes I realize that if I miss several days of quiet time, the time that I spend with God, because I was so busy, then I can sort of put two and two together and realize why I'm emotionally and spiritually on edge. Maybe, maybe you can relate with those moments in my life. Either way, you can get the best sleep you've ever had and still feel exhausted. Anybody ever been there? Why? Because we haven't made time for the Sabbath rest. You see, the Sabbath rest looks like pausing from our work that we've done on that seventh day. It means doing something else other than the work we were doing, working something or having some fun or just letting our minds go, but also making sure that we're spending time with God. Sabbath rest is an act of faith, which means that it isn't always easy to do, and it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. I'm adding time with God in this. I hope we don't look at it like that. We ought to look at it like I'm getting to have time with God. I'm, 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 in, I'm able to have this time with God. Now, normally for me, as I mentioned earlier, it's a Saturday. But in all honesty, every day, I have a time with God where I read and pray, and to me, that feels like setting the stage for the rest of the day. My heart and mind are set at ease. I find peace from my stress, and it's released. Some of y'all know my sister. Now, again, my sister's in a different situation because, because of the cancer that she's had. She doesn't work 
So before this last bout with cancer, and by the way, just keep praying for her. They're still up in Rhode Island, and she had some setbacks last week, but I think she's getting back and praying that she comes home this week. But uh, she would spend four hours a day reading the Word of God and praying. Again, she didn't have a job, you know, but that's how dedicated she was and is to knowing God. Uh, honestly, I'm going to tell you, I'm worried about some of you. <laughs> I think some of you are sitting here today and you are so stressed out with your time and your schedule and you know that God isn't a part of it. You know it in your heart. And you're nearly at your breaking point. And you're trying your best to be a, a good husband, a good wife, a good dad, a good mom. You're, you're trying your best, but between work and the kids and everything else, your head is just spinning. And if you don't do something soon, you are going to break. You know, everybody sort of has a breaking point. And this is exactly why God gave us the idea of a Sabbath rest. So if you don't have this in your life, friend, you need to find a way to include it. The problem is that some of us feel like if we aren't doing something, then we're just wasting our time. But if you call taking some time away from the phone, I know this, this could be traumatic for some of us. Turning the phone off and setting away. Away from social media. Away from work. Away from a hectic schedule. To, to think and to ponder life. And to pray to God. And friend, you may be on the verge of a meltdown. And that hot mess that you've made of your schedule is going to catch up to you. And it's going to bring you down. This type of rest can radically change our lives. It can change our outlook on life. It can change the way we treat other people. Stepping out in faith can feel a little awkward, but we must make faith choices every single day. We must choose God over other things. We, you know, we invest our best in the things of God, and He takes care of the rest. That's the promise of Scripture. So find that Sabbath rest and then invest in time with God. Now, what I have here on this table is uh, two cups and a pitcher. Now, this cup here is empty. Now, that cup represents someone that you may know that you need to pour into. Maybe they're going through a hard time. Maybe they're struggling. And if I know most of you well enough, I know that you care about people. And when your friends and loved ones are going through a hard time, you want to help them out. You want to bless them. Now, this cup here is, uh, it's just got a little bit of water in it, okay? Now, that represents you. You're the one that wants to pour into the, the friends that you have. They're people that you love and care about. And so what happens is, you, you pour a little bit that you have into them, and what happens? You, you don't have meant much in reserve. You, you're, you're struggling. So you're pouring what little you have, and, and then that's limited what you can pour into them. 
And the problem is we're not going to God. Now, this pitcher full of water represents God, you know. And when we allow God to pour into us and fill up our cup, as Scripture says, then what do we have? We have more to pour into others. But it's not just a one-time thing because if I'm every day going to God to fill up our cup, we continue to have more to fill others up. And friends, this is not just about us then. It becomes about how we are able to help others. When we seek God, He fills our cup so that we can pour into others. And when we don't, all we're doing is going off of our own reserves, and that's not good enough. Now, I'm not here to tell you that you need to read the Bible more. I mean, I think we do. But if that were my point, we would all gain a lot of head knowledge that would never truly sink down into our hearts. So it's not just about the knowledge that we gain, but it's about our hearts seeking after God. Instead, I want to direct you to a single verse in the Psalms, one that can radically reshape the way that we begin to think about our time that we're invested with God especially in relationship to how it fits into our schedule. So in Psalm 84 in verse 10, we read these words. Better is one day in your courts than a what? A thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Now, we all probably know that there are 365 days in a year, unless it's a leap year, okay? We're not going to deal with the leap year thing. But that means that a thousand days is approximately how many years? Three years, right? Now, what can you do in three years? Well, some people can get an education, a master's degree, doctoral degree. Our college students, you know, they know three years, you know. I, and I knew some college students went seven or eight years. I'm not going to deal with them. But, you know, three years, we can, we can do some things. In three years, your kid could go from elementary school to middle school or middle school to high school and high school to graduation. Woo, three years. That, that's a lot of time. In three years, it'll, um, we'll have a different person in the presidential office. I don't know who they'll be, but it'll be somebody different, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But three years can be a long time. And the writer of this psalm is completely convinced that a single day, a 24-hour period with God is greater than a thousand years of doing anything else. That's his priority. So I need to ask you, more so than an entire day with God. Does your day consist of any time with God? And Maybe you're sitting here today and you are sort of at uh, the end of yourself. You've tried to figure out why you feel so drained. Why do you feel so tired, worn out? Your schedule is full but you're still making time for your family and maybe even a day off or two throughout the week. 
when you do other things, but you're still worn out. How could that be? Uh, like, like the glass illustration, it's all about what we are pouring into ourselves. If you aren't allowing God to pour himself into you, you will be empty when you pour into others. And that rhythm of investment with God must be a daily decision. Because if I know you, and I think I know a lot of you, you're pouring yourself into your family, you're pouring yourself into your children, into your spouse, into your co-workers, into your friends. But friend, do not forget that God wants to pour into you. Maybe it happens when you wake up in the morning. Instead of checking emails or turning on the TV or looking at the calendar, maybe uh, scrolling on Instagram or, you know, looking at Facebook. The, you, maybe the first thing you do is just get out of bed, grab your Bible, spend a little time with God. Or maybe that needs to be an evening activity for you. You know, before, you know, once the kids go to bed and you have some quiet time, you can do that. The workday is finished and prior to going to bed, maybe that's the, the, the easiest way for you. Now, I know that I am a unique person here because I'm a preacher. And so, you know, uh, when, when I come into the office, the first thing I do is have a quiet time. And now maybe, again, I'm, I'm a little different than most people. Everybody's a little different, right? But uh, what I do is I open up my Bible and I read and I pray. And I personally journal my prayers. I have this journal that I write my, my prayers in. I'm sorry about the clicking. I don't know what's going on. That's me, whatever it is. My fault. Hot mess. Hot mic, hot mess. You mean it's... You want to do something with that? Does that? Did that help any? I don't know. We'll see. It's not making it. Okay. Hot mess. Now you you figure what happened today. Uh, so I need to open up my Bible. I need to spend a little time in prayer. Recently, I've been doing a Psalm a day, and I personally again journal my prayers and uh, some thoughts that I have from what I'm reading, and, and I find that helpful. Some days uh, I have more time than others, but, but I try to keep it consistent. And, and when it isn't, I quickly find that I don't have as much to give other people because I'm running on my own strength. And this is just what works for me. I know everybody is different. I'm simply advocating that you find something that works for you. And invest that time with God. Now, in addition to that, there is one more practical step that I want to offer to you. Uh, uh, one that Jesus shows us even before his public ministry begins. And that is, give your schedule to God. Or give God your schedule. Scholars believe that Jesus was on earth about 33 years prior to his death and resurrection. Now, from what the Bible tells us, he spent about three of those years working miracles, teaching crowds of people, preaching powerful sermons, healing the sick. The scripture tells us a little bit about Jesus' life prior to his ministry. 
So if you want to open your Bibles up to Luke chapter 2, there's an incident that happened when Jesus was about 12 years old. Verse 41, we begin reading, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, uh, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Ooh, as uh, Scooby-Doo used to say, rut row, right? Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Can't you just hear her saying that? Some of your mothers said the same thing to you, right? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And he asked, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now, first of all, he's 12 years old. Can you imagine losing Jesus? I mean, just, just think about it. Now, I know how I was with my own kids, and if I didn't know where they were, in like five minutes, I was sort of panicky, all right? They went, they went a whole day and didn't know where it was. Now, we got to understand the way they would travel back then, the, the men would travel and talk with the men, and the women would travel and talk with the women, and the kids would hang out with their cousins as they walked. And when they got to where they were going, they looked around, and there's no Jesus, and they're like, what happened to Jesus? Where is Jesus? And how many days did they look? Oh, my goodness. I mean, panic. And you can almost hear it in Mary's voice. Why would you do this to your father and I, you know? And I, I'm not going to say Jesus was smart alecky in this because I don't believe he was. Um, but if your 12-year-old said, hey, uh, you know, just suck it up, buttercup, you wouldn't do very well with that, would you? Um, they were very concerned, but the point is he was saying, I had to be in my father's house. Now, another translation says it this way, I should be involved with my father's affairs. Now, we know, and they knew, that Jesus' father is God. So, that he is a unique human being. But friends, this truly is the foundational key to taking our schedule from a hot mess to a manageable calendar. Maybe the action step that you need to partake in today is very simply this, and, and yet it is going to be hard, giving God control of your schedule. I mean, it's hard enough to give God control of our thoughts, our, our words, our actions, um, but giving God control of our schedule, I mean, 
it can be really hard. There are deadlines that have to be met. There are uh, families that we need to care for. There, there are things that come up at the last minute that just have to be taken care of. But before making a list, before setting down your schedule, crafting you know, the, a plan, maybe we need to begin to lay it down at the feet of Jesus and just say, you get to call the shots and make the schedule. Now, he understands what we got to do with our jobs and those things, but this is a giant step of faith. It's a necessary one, though, because we want to get our chaotic schedule under control and in the hands of God, because you know one thing God is not? God is not chaos. God is not chaos. So if you practice this enough, and if you truly want to change, I trust God will meet you right there. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7-8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for everyone who asks receives, and, he, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. If you ask God to help you in your schedule, I believe He will. And as you press into Him, your priorities will begin to shift. You'll be more about your Father's business. You will intertwine the gospel message into everything you find yourself doing. People are going to take notice. People you work with, your family, your co-workers, fellow students, they're going to notice. You'll find that you have time for Sabbath rest each week. You'll set aside time each day for some investment with God's Word and build your relationship with Him. I, I was speaking to a young man this week who was having some, some real struggles. Uh, I could tell he was really feeling stressed and pressured and out of control and under attack. He'd been through a lot of setbacks in his life recently, and they were really weighing him down. I could just see it on his face. I asked him about his relationship with God, and he acknowledged that it wasn't great, but that in recent days he had been praying an awful lot. And I asked if he had a Bible, and he told me that he had a phone. I was like, okay, so you have a Bible app on your phone. He said, well, not yet. I don't, okay. So in other words, he hadn't been reading his Bible. That, that's where I was getting to. Now, my friend Gary Clark had given me this Bible that he said, listen, give this to somebody that needs it. And so the young man is there, and I'm thinking, he may need this Bible. So I asked him, I said, look, if I give you this Bible, will you read it? He said, yeah. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, you take this week. And I said, you spend 30 minutes a day. You just take a little part. Go to the book of John, the gospel of John. You just take a little section a day. You read uh, 15 or so minutes and then pray for 15 or so minutes. And I said, in a week, you come back to me. And let's see if things have changed any. Let's see if God has moved in any way. But I said, if you're not going to do that, just give me that Bible back. Because I want to give it to somebody that's going to use it. He said, no, I'll do it. 
And so I pray that he has been doing it. But at the end of the week, he's supposed to come back to me and let me know how things are going. Um, I truly believe that if he does that, and if you do it, and if I do it, God will give us peace. God will help us deal with the struggles and the things that we're going through. Uh, and that young man told me, he said, that's what I need more than anything is peace. I'm thinking he isn't the only one. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But a lot of people here today need the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. And the only way to find it is to seek God. This is how you find peace amid chaos. This is how you get control of an out-of-control, hot mess of a schedule. You give it all to Him. Now, I have no idea what that looks like for you. I only know what it looks like for me. I don't know what you have going on in your life now, and I don't know what you need to change or adjust for you to feel that peace, except for this one thing. We all need God more and more every day. We need God. I've shared a bit about what this looks like for me, but knowing that you are different, I would expect that it wouldn't look just like what I have to do. But with that said, I hope you can see that the principles that we glean from scriptures are all the same for all of us. Those practical steps can take our schedule from a hot mess to a manageable one and you could go from surviving to thriving. And remember, if rest was important for God, then it's important for you and I as well. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So consider taking that step of faith today, cultivating a peace-filled life of blessing and joy, because if you will give God your schedule, he can and will create a Sabbath rest out of your hot mess. Father, we come to you today and thank you for helping us to clean up our hot messes. And I'm betting, Father, that there are people here today that are just at their wits' end. They don't know how to turn it around. We know that our schedule often reflects what's happening in our spiritual lives. We also know that you desire relationship with us. So when we don't make time for you, we hinder that relationship. Father, we, we want you to bless us and give us peace. But many times we have no peace because we are so stressed. So Father, we ask your spirit to help us get our hot mess of a schedule cleaned up. Help us to learn the value of that Sabbath rest. Help us to see the need to spend time with you. And as the psalmist said, Father, the Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside quiet waters. He refreshes our soul. He guides us along the right paths for His name's sake. And even though we walk through the darkest valley, we will fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us 
in the presence of our enemies and you anoint our heads with oil, our cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.